the second coach of the season has been shown the door for basically the exact same reasons that the first did. We'll talk about Dean Evison's departure, John Hines' arrival, plus the LA Kings road warriors in the NHL, and what's going on in Chicago. We'll discuss all that and more on today's episode of Locked On NHL. We are your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we welcome you into today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. We are your team every day. Thank you for joining our Western Conference Tuesday edition of Locked On NHL. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms if you haven't already, so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. On today's episode of Lockdown NHL, we've got a coach firing to discuss and... How ironic that uh, it ends up being that the two hosts of the Tuesday edition are both directly involved with the former head coach and the new head coach. So we'll talk all about that here today. Plus, we'll talk about the Los Angeles Kings, who are uh, just having a great time on the road so far this season and whatever is going on in Chicago between Corey Perry and the Blackhawks as well. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wilds and uh, one half of the dynamic duo for the Western Conference Tuesday show. Nick Morgan of Locked on Predators is my co-host. And I mean, we just so happened to fall in on the day that Dean Evison was fired. We talked about last week the seat was starting to get warm and uh, it all came together very quickly yesterday as uh, as I was following along through the day. Um, there were some rumblings in the morning that the seat was getting warm. And then all of a sudden you get through to the end of the day. Dean Evison is out and uh, John Hines is in. So let's start from your perspective, Nick. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the decision by the Wilds to bring John Hines in? We don't know the terms yet. So we don't know if it's for this season and then we'll see or if it's going to be something for a uh, multi-year situation beyond this year. But uh, overall, what do you think? I mean, there's got to be a lot of people in the NHL that like John Hines, right? Because here's the thing. He goes to New Jersey. Other than that one good season where he didn't get out of the first round, the Taylor Hall MVP season, uh, wasn't great. Record wasn't great. Goes to Nashville. Other than that one year where Roman Yossi almost hit 100 points and Forsberg and Duchesne lit up the scoreboard, not a great record in Nashville. So what happens after he gets fired by Nashville? He's mentioned in, in New York Rangers trade talk or uh, coaching search news. Uh, there was rumors that when um, Jay Woodcroft was fired in Edmonton that John Hyde's might be a guy they look at. So it kind of tells you how widely regarded Hines is as a head coach in the NHL, which as a Predators fan, I don't get. And I especially don't get it from the perspective of the Minnesota Wild, because as you and I have talked, 
this is a young team with a lot of young players, both on the team right now and coming through the pipeline, who are going to need to take over that game. John Hines' biggest Achilles heel, well, one of his biggest Achilles heel, was that he's not the best at handling young players. That was the biggest criticism in him with him in Nashville. Uh, that was a criticism to an extent in New Jersey. And I'm just wondering, it, it's, it, it seems like the wild, maybe there's other people out there that you could have looked at. I, I don't get the fit here. Well, I'll tell you exactly why this is happening this way is this is the Edmonton situation all over again is the head coach falling on the sword. And I'll just throw out there that Dean Evison had flaws to his coaching, his structure. He also was super reliant on veterans over rookies, but he's not the one that put the roster together. And so he is falling on the sword because much like Ken Holland, Bill Guerin is trying to save his job by having it be the coach that falls on the sword this time for a lot of the moves. Garen was the one that locked in guys like Ryan Hartman, Matt Zuccarello, Marcus Foligno. He locked all of them in, not only to long-term deals, but also to deals that have no movement and no trade clauses. Mm -hmm. And so basically at this point, what you see is what you get. And the only move that he had at his disposal was to get rid of the head coach and bring in somebody who could, quote-unquote, right the ship. But honestly, the big thing to look at here is that Hines and Garen have history from their days in um, Scranton-Wilkes-Barre. Uh, Garen was, in, uh, was a, I think, general manager of, of the team while Hines was on the coaching staff, I think was the... Yeah, was the tie-in because Garen was, I think, a GM in in Pittsburgh, and that usually yeah. means you're a GM of the minor league team. Yeah, and so they had that history. Hines was mentioned as a potential candidate for assistant coach here when uh, when the Wilds made Brett McLean their Iowa Wild head coach. Mm -hmm. So it just seemed like a, a fit there. But honestly, like I was looking at some of the other names, Gerard Gallant was mentioned a bunch, and I'm like. He does exactly the same things that you just got rid of. So I don't yeah. think that's a good fit. But for me, I guess, and this is something I'll talk about here through the rest of the week, I guess I would much rather have gone the way of somebody who is an up-and-comer. I mean, look at two of the best coaches in the NHL right now and John Cooper and Jared Bednar. They mm -hmm. work their way up through different organizations, ECHL, AHL, NHL. John Cooper is more decorated in lower levels than that even. But the only way that you find those guys is if you take some potential risks by going with somebody who doesn't have a ton of NHL experience. And this is something that we see in the NHL all the time is you just get these guys that have coached at multiple stops and they just keep getting opportunities because it's safe. It's a known commodity I, I don't know. I guess the more I read in to this situation, I am just kind of looking at it like a, an exact parallel to what Edmonton just did. And here's the problem with that. When you mentioned John Cooper, when you mentioned Jared Bednar, the things that they had were time because their first few seasons with their respective teams were not great. And Jared Bednar's was especially bad. Remember, remember, 
He was behind the bench for the Colorado Avalanche team that a lot of people think might be the worst post-cap team in the post-cap era. But he got time to Mm -hmm. sort of work with the younger players. He got time to work with Nathan McKinnon. You know, there's a lot of people that kind of thought Nathan McKinnon was just going to sort of plateau out as like a 60, 70 point player. Bednar comes in, has a season with them, and boom, McKinnon is the McKinnon we work with today. They had time. Do the Minnesota Wild have time? Because you and I were talking about this. This seems like the move of a team who still thinks that they can win right now. Whether they should is a completely different debate uh, that you and I have had before on the show. But you get the sense that Bill Guerin is like, no, 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 we want to be, you know, sort of going for it this year. You know, hey, we were in here last year. We were in the, you know, the playoff push the past two years. Kaprizov's been, you know, sort of on that MVP conversation fringe the last two years. But it's, it's, it's odd if that's what he is thinking because he put this roster together and he knows he's got the, those two big albatrosses on the salary cap page with um, Suter and Parise. He he knows he shouldn't be going for it all right now. And if yeah. you're, if that's your mindset, then, then do what you just said, you go out and get like a young coach who you can kind of develop over the next two years and then go all in, go all in when those contracts come off the books, when all those prospects are up and you can go for it. If this ends up being a situation where Hines is here for the interim, for the rest of the season and then they'll kind of go from there. Um, That's one thing, but in the announcement by the team, the interim tag was nowhere to be found. And so it leads me to believe that this is just another in a series of extremely hasty decisions that could have been, could have avoided this avalanche um, pun intended could have avoided this avalanche. Had they simply waited to make the, to sign the extensions simply waited to get through the rest of this season and then find somebody that's a more long-term fit at coach. But every decision has been rushed, and I think that's largely due to the fact that the goal for this team continues to be to get to the playoffs. And I'm here to tell you, getting to the playoffs is great, but of those, like, the Wild went to the postseason, I think, nine out of ten seasons. Yeah, Of those seasons... They were legitimate contenders maybe twice. It's the, and the so, Nashville, yeah, the Nashville Predators syndrome. So at some point, you have to step back and say, what we're doing isn't good enough. And in order to have it be good enough, we got to take a step back. And they're just, they're not willing to do that at this point. So, yeah, I agree. Um, I'll, I'll do a shameless plug for myself for more on this, uh, this situation. And we'll get some more from uh, from John Hines tomorrow, I'm sure. Um, well, later today, technically, as he is introduced as head coach. Uh, make sure you follow along with Lockdown Wild because there are a lot of angles to dive into for this as opposed to just the firing. So we'll go from that to teams that just refuse to lose on the road. The Los Angeles Kings going for a record. We'll talk about that plus. We'll go to the uh, National Predator side of things and uh, give them a little love as well. That is on the way as we continue today's episode of Locked on NHL after this. 
Today's episode of the Lockdown NHL podcast is brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities, whether it be Alex Ovechkin and his quest for the most goals in NHL history, or somebody from the Nashville Predators continuing to uh, put the puck in the net, or the Vegas Golden Knights continuing to push towards a second consecutive Stanley Cup. You could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether stud players like Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, or Nathan McKinnon will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. It's so easy, you can make your predictions in under 60 seconds, and you can also play Daily Fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Welcome back to today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. We are your team every day, and we thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen each and every day. Seth Topol joined by Nick Morgan, and Nick, let's uh, since since we're on the topic, yep. let's talk about the Nashville Predators a little bit because we are seeing some signs, encouraging signs under uh, first year head coach Andrew Brunette. And uh, you're looking at a Predators team that uh, is, I believe, on a five-game winning streak and is starting to climb the ladder here in the Central Division standings. What's been going right so far for the Preds? Yeah, five-game win streak uh, tied for another team we're going to be talking about here shortly, the LA Kings, for longest streak in the NHL right now. The thing that I think is worth pointing out for the Nashville Predators is even when their record dipped to 5-10, and 10, they were a team that were playing much better than their record indicated. You know, they were in, in the top 10 in a lot of key categories like expected goals for percentage, Corsi for percentage, uh, you know, high danger chances and stuff like that. So they were a team that were doing a lot of the right things, but just couldn't figure out a way to seal the deal. Like couldn't figure out how to clinch it late. Couldn't figure out how to get that one big goal at the end of the game or, or make that one big stop uh, on a team like Vancouver late in the game. Now they have, and you're starting to see, you know, Ann Kimmel and I, we, we talked about it this morning on the show. It's almost like the result of, you know, when people talk about manifesting, you know, that they, they sort of meditate and sort of manifest the day picture, all of the things that, you know, you kind of see, it feels like the Nashville predators have kind of gotten you know, real life results of what they've manifested. Andrew Burnett's message was, look, keep playing the way you're playing. And some of these bounces are going to start going your way. So, you know, you're our goalie, UC Saros, who started poorly, now playing better. He's going to hit heat up and, and bail, you know, you out of a game after you were stonewalled by, you know, the Connor Ingrams of the world earlier this season. So a lot of the things that were kind of biting Nashville in the heels are now starting to go to the Predators' way. And they've stuck with it. They've stuck with their game plan. They have, you know, not panicked during games. 
you know, they haven't tried, you know, too hard or pressed or anything like that. And they're starting to get wins out of it. And I think this is a good chance for Andrew Burnett to kind of see like, look, look what happens when you stay with your game. I told you this was going to happen. Now the Predators are starting to turn things around. And look, the West isn't that great this year. It's a hodgepodge of teams. The Preds are in it. Like the Preds are not out of it by any means. Yeah. And the fact that the wildcard spots are still very, very attainable. I mean, if you if you look at the wild card standings right now, um, St. Louis and the Kraken are currently in wild card spots, but like they're distantly behind the division winners. In the case of the Seattle Kraken, they're eight points back of Vancouver, and St. Louis is three points back of Winnipeg in the Central Division. But Nashville's right in the mix there, and that's I think why we've seen the Wild decide, hey, let's try to. Let's make a change, see if we can jolt ourselves in, because it doesn't seem like it's going to take a ton of points to get to a wild card spot. Again, I I would much rather just kind of use the season to reevaluate. But uh, I mean, I I have been intrigued by what we have seen happen to teams where Andrew Burnett was on the coaching staff the year after he leaves. I think it's time that we acknowledge the existence of a post-Brunette curse because look at what happened to the Florida Panthers after he left. They were, you know, middling around 500. Yes, they did end up getting to the cup final, but uh, it it took them a while to get going. And now look at the New Jersey Devils this year. They are not anywhere near the same team that they were last year. Yeah, Andrew Burnett, that's the the coaching god tier right there. (laughs) And look, I mean, the Nashville Predators, like Philip Forsberg is in the top 15 in scoring now. Uh, They have a pretty good power play. They have a pretty good offense. One of the better offensive teams in the NHL right now. And now UC Soros is starting to look like UC Soros. Like I said, like I think this is a team that a lot of people wrote off because of that record, but we're playing much better than that record indicated. Uh, and uh, maybe that same thing can be said for the LA Kings too, when we sort of wrote them off before the season. Yeah. I mean, you look at where they're at right now. And so we were talking about the goaltending, not being enough yeah. to be able to carry them. And they're in second place in the, uh, the Pacific division as we speak. Uh, and just one point behind the Vegas golden Knights, 13, three and three. Oh, and they are 9-0-0 on the road. And correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but one more win, and they tie the best road start to a season in NHL history, or they they either tie it or they set it. One of the two. Tie? Probably a tie. Uh, I would think oh. it would be a tie because we would, already, we would have already heard about it if 9-0-0 was the best ever. Yeah. So I think this is to tie. Yeah, if you guys are listening at home, uh, you you can look this up yourself. But the point is, yeah, they're they're really good uh, on the road this year. And uh, remember, yeah, Seth, you and I were talking about uh, Cam Talbot as their number one goaltender. And you're both like, yeah, is this this it? That's the goalie? (laughs) And then uh, credit to him for becoming the best goalie in the world this season. 931 save percentage, 202 goals against average. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of players in front of him that are playing really good, like Adrian Kempe, Kevin Fiala. Uh, Trevor Moore is at a career-high pace right now, and Anjay Kopitar. 
we keep waiting for Andre Kopitar to age and decline. And this is like the sixth year of him seemingly looking even better than he was the year before. So, yeah, I mean, the Kings have a lot going for them right now, especially goaltending. So shout out Cam Talbot for proving us all wrong. And this is one of those situations, too, where we get the rare win-win in the trade department because the Winnipeg Jets in third place in the Central Division and the Kings yeah. in the second spot in the Pacific, both teams playing well and uh, both the players that were sent to Winnipeg and Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, they're they're part of some uh, some solid teams. Now Dubois a little, a little below, I would think, where you would expect him to be at this point, but the record for the Kings is an indicator that they're still playing really, really well. So, and he'll, he'll heat up at some point, but um, yeah, it's, we go from the bad to the good to the, we don't really know uh, in the case of the Chicago Blackhawks. And so we'll finish by talking about Chicago as we continue today's episode of locked on NHL after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Collective. They say if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. But as a freelancer, take it from us, there's always the dreaded paperwork that comes with it. With Collective, you can focus on your business of one while letting them focus on your paperwork. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion and on all that boring paperwork that happens behind the scenes. Let Collective handle all the things you dread like corporate formation, compliance letters, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, payroll, all that boring stuff. The best part, it's at a fraction of the cost of a CPA. Uh, join the thousands of solopreneurs who have saved an average of $10,000 per year on taxes with their structure. So right now, Collective is offering one month free and no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's a $550 value for free when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you again collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. Welcome back to today's episode of the locked on NHL podcast. Once again, we are your team every day. You may have noticed that uh, we have gone to live premieres for these episodes because locked on has created the first ever 24 seven streaming platform channel on YouTube. So make sure that you check out locked on sports today by checking out uh, Locked On on YouTube. And uh, you can get your sports fix 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The biggest stories broke broken down by Locked On experts, as well as national shows taking you through the biggest talkers of the day. Again, Locked On Sports today, 24-7 for you on YouTube. All right, Nick, I'm confused because we're seeing... A lot going on between the Chicago Blackhawks and Corey Perry. And it started with just the n people noticing like, hey, where's where's Corey Perry at? Mm -hmm. What's going on? But the team went mum on the situation and just said that he was away from the team, that it was a team decision. Finally, and now it uh, sounds as though it is a personal matter that he is dealing with. And we're not here to speculate on any of that. 
you know, whatever, whatever it actually ends up being, if it is a personal matter, you know, take the time you need to get things sorted out. I know what is being whispered about out there. My gripe is Chicago is doing it again in that they just have this cloud of secrecy that starts this whole thing. And they're just pretty steadfast and not really saying much of anything. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, he's, he's away from the team. And you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to reveal the entirety of the details that are going on. But if you're just forthright from the get go, right. The moment that he stepped away from the team, if you just say Corey Perry is attending to a personal matter, he is not with the team at this time. That's all the information that we have. Then none of this continues to drag out. People are going to, the rumors are going to circulate anyway, but none of this just weird secrecy happens. And it leads to the feelings of, well, hey, here goes Chicago again, doing exactly what they did the last time. And a lot of people have pointed out, I'm sure if you're listening, you probably know what the rumors are. Uh, they've been apparently debunked by multiple writers. And I think a lot of people have pointed out, it's like, well, wouldn't have gotten to this point if they would have just told us what happened. It's, it's weird, Seth, because it kind of goes into this old debate where as a fan of a sports team, how much are you entitled to know? Because, you know, this is an entertainment business like it or not. And, uh, you know, maybe this was a situation where, you know, Corey Perry or the Blackhawks didn't want to draw attention to it, didn't want to say anything else. Maybe they weren't ready to. But at the same time, like, I don't know. Like, I go so much back and forth of it. You know, sometimes it's like, okay, well, this is this is like a public thing, a public forum. They have millions and millions of fans all over the world that make this kind of franchise what they are. How much do they deserve to know? Or, you know, like what you said, at very least say, hey, this is the situation. We're not going to say anything other than that. Because now you're getting in a situation where everybody's, you know, kind of making these fun jokes and, you know, saying like, oh, it's this and you know, ha, 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 isn't this great? And then, you know, maybe we come back two weeks later and it's like, oh, Corey Perry's has a family member that's really sick or something like that. Or, you know, there's something very serious that you need to work on. And now it's like, okay, not only are you coping with that, but you're also coping with all this, you know, rumors and memes and stuff like that. And it just kind of makes it worse. So I, I don't know. Like, I really go back and forth as to what the Blackhawks should say, what, you know, what fans are entitled to know. I, I don't know. It's just it's just so different in the NHL than it is anywhere else. Yeah, and you see, like, injury-wise, you see a ton of secrecy about, you know, players dealing with an injury. It's, it's a, an injury somewhere on his body is basically the updates that you get. And I, I get keeping some of that more on the secretive side, but it just it feels like teams just make things worse by not just being initially somewhat forthright as opposed to then waiting for just this, this cavalcade of noise to pop out. 
like, again, just a quick statement. You could have Luke Richardson read it, mention it at the beginning of like after practice at the media availability. Mm -hmm. Just say, hey, guys, I just just a couple couple quick things on on the Corey Perry situation. He's away from the team dealing with a personal matter. He's not with the team. We're not entirely sure when he's going to be coming back, but that's that's all we've got. End of story. I think people report on that, and then it goes away a little bit. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. Uh, maybe Corey Perry just didn't want to talk about it or say, like, you know, because then it's like, oh, if it's a personal matter, what is it? Um, yeah, the other thing is maybe this is some kind of disciplinary thing, and there's something going on behind the scenes, not with another player's mom, but, you know, maybe there's just – not getting along with the coaches or not getting along with teammates, or maybe he just said, you know, Hey, my family's back in Anaheim or Tampa or, you know, wherever they are, I haven't seen them. Something's going on. I'm just kind of questioning whether I want to keep playing or something like that. We just don't know. And it doesn't feel fair to speculate. Um, And I, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of the line that I'm at right now yeah it's it's not a situation you want to speculate on at all it's just you know you don't have to throw you don't have to throw a pack of wolves the entire fish you just got to give them an appetizer just to just to wet the appetite and then then just deal with the rest of it after the fact but yeah who knows? We'll uh, we'll see. But that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On NHL. Once again, we thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen each and every day. Make sure that you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any of the other weekly Locked On NHL shows with a wide range of Locked On hosts. Eastern Conference looks, power rankings, big stories from teams that uh, are going on throughout uh, the course of the NHL. We've got it all for you, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. We have new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.